Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crew and Nantwich. Uh, right, um, it's time uh, to try and get in touch with Charlotte. And Charlotte is the patient advocacy manager at Leukemia Care. And I'm rather hoping that she will be on the other end of this line. Uh, Charlotte, good afternoon. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? All right. I'm well, thank you. Good, 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 good. Um, I've just been telling the listener, uh, you are patient advocacy manager uh, down there at yep. Leukemia Care. What does a patient advocacy manager do, Charlotte? It sounds rather a grand title. <laughs> I wish it was grand, but um, it, it's not really. It, it encompasses a number of things, really, Dave. Um, we, I, I kind of do everything at the charity that involves representing the views of patients. Okay. So um, finding out what their issues are following a, a diagnosis of leukemia or even before sometimes. So we do, um, we think I do a bit on prevention, for example, but mainly after. Marvelous. And then using that evidence to find solutions to those problems um, and working with decision makers. So um, not not that grand, but um, something I'm quite proud to do, I have I, to be honest. I think that sounds like a vital cog in the whole um, the whole. That's very uh, exciting. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Now, um, uh, the marvellous Colette Isaacs from Swansway, our local uh, uh, auto dealer, she's got in touch with me and she dropped me an email that I must admit, I I looked at it and went, really? And uh, basically it outlines the fact that uh, nearly 65% of all diagnosed leukaemia cases are in the 65 plus age bracket. Now, I... Maybe a misconception, but I thought it was a, um, more prevalent in younger people. Uh, that's obviously not the case, is it? No, it's a, it's a common misconception. You're not alone in that, Dave. Um, so leukaemia is the most common cancer um, of people uh, who are children so under the age of 18, but it, it's not um, a cancer that mainly affects children, if that makes any sense. Yep. So um, actually, it, it does mainly affect people over the age of 65, and, and 40% of cases are in people over the age of 75. So it really increases with age, and I think that's part of the challenge um, for us is to make it, make people aware that they should be looking for leukaemia in that age group and, and not so much in children. Of course, it's important to raise awareness in children too, yep. um, but yeah, not purely in children. Good, good. Uh, and uh, the reason, um, like I say, Colette got in touch is that you're going to try to raise awareness uh, in the mm-hmm. week starting uh, September the 1st, which is where we are today. Um, yep. Is that an awareness of the disease, um, Charlotte, or is that an awareness of the symptoms? Uh, a, a little bit of both. Um, and you raise an interesting point by asking it in that way. So, our ultimate aim is to make people be diagnosed earlier with leukemia if they have leukemia. Um, and to do that, they need to know what the signs and symptoms are and to visit the GP earlier. Right. However, we're not that bothered if if you don't immediately link the symptoms to leukemia. It, it's more that the symptoms are um, things people perceive to be not really that serious. And therefore, if you get checked out, it may be leukemia, but it may also be something more common. But the important thing is you got checked out. And if it is leukemia, you caught it as early as possible. Is that in making any sense? Absolutely. And I think, you know, from a point of view that everybody knows the name, um, that obviously it's a disease of the blood, um, blood cancer, isn't it? That's that's 
the sort of or the name for it um in terms of um the actual symptoms then specifically in the more senior people are there any that are more prevalent than others so the six most common that I want to share with your listeners, if I may, you, yes, are um, fatigue, fever or night sweat, easily bruising or bleeding, repeated infections, pain in the bones and joints, or feeling weak, breathlessness, or generally feeling under the weather. And those are the six most common across all the people we surveyed. However, there may be slight differences if you're older. So, for example, swollen lymph, lymph nodes are a little bit more common in the older population. But actually, if everybody knew those six, we probably catch the majority of leukemia cases. So I think those are the six we're particularly keen to, to get out there a bit more. Right. Now, I'm thinking there's quite a few people listening at home thinking, saying, that sounds like me. <laughs> what achy joints, can't, can't move up and down. Um, is there... Oh, can, can, I, can I put this? Is there a point where you go, I really need to get this checked out? If, if you're mm. presenting maybe three or four of those symptoms, is that something that you think it's better to go early than late. Yes, absolutely. That's the, that's the key message is know what's normal for you. Yeah. And if, if these things are starting to pop up new or I think particularly the fatigue one, people seem to think fatigue means just a bit of general tiredness. But actually, if you read some of our patient stories for Spot Leukemia Campaign, they people say they stopped being able to do things they normally could do or it, it just didn't feel right and it it's at that point where you really need to seek help. Right, got you. And from a GP's point of view, I know it's been desperately difficult over the last 18 months to even get an appointment, never mind to see. Are they? Do you find that GPs are generally clued up that it might be leukaemia? I think it's challenging for GPs because obviously they are general practitioners and they have to um, know a lot about a lot of illnesses, but... Um, we do provide training. So um, what we'd say to any GPs listening is to consider cluing yourself up on the rarer diseases too because although GPs might only see one case every sort of three to four years, assuming that GP is full-time, which many aren't, I mean, they could, they, these cases still happen. There are 10,000 cases of leukaemia every year in the UK. Wow. And, and therefore, there's still a lot of people that we don't want to be missed and the resources are out there. It's just about us raising awareness of those resources. And the GP side of our campaign is as equally as important to us. Got you. Got you. Now, um, you're very eloquent and, and very knowledgeable about the, the disease itself. You're also, mm. though, um, uh, a, a voice, a mouthpiece for the patients who you come into contact with. What, what's what's the sort of um i'm not saying problems but what what issues do you uh commonly have to resolve for people who who sadly have already um uh, got blood cancer oh it, it, i mean i think everybody's aware of the fact that cancer can you know completely change your life post diagnosis but i think for leukemia in general um there are a, sort of a couple of key ones. Um, so the psychological impact is something we hear all the time, um, especially from those who are diagnosed with a more acute type of leukemia, so a, a serious, life-threatening, quick-developing version, um, can really struggle with, with the impact of you know, being whisked into hospital same day um, and that sort of thing. But there are also some types of leukemia that um, are treatable but not curable. Okay. And I think that's less well-known. 
and um, it's something we really like to raise awareness of. Some of these people live with leukemia for 20, 30 years and, um, you know, living with cancer for that long, even if you're well, is, is stressful and they do experience symptoms and, you know, they, they're trying to work and deal with cancer as well. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as of the different ways it affects different people depending on what type is, is one of the big challenges of, of leukemia and blood cancer generally. Right. Uh, please excuse my ignorance on this, Charlotte, but uh, is, it, is it usually chemo that's the, the treatment? I think it was traditionally, and it still is for some of those life-threatening acute leukemia types I alluded to a minute ago, are very much heavily focusing on chemotherapy and a stem cell transplant or a bone marrow transplant, which some of your listeners may be familiar with. Yeah. But um, actually for the chronic types of leukemia, those treatable but cur- uh, but not curable ones I just mentioned, they are um, quite fortunate in that there's been some really good developments in treatment and um, they have some more novel therapies is how we refer to them. So they're not traditional chemotherapies. They target the cancer cells in a way that can reduce side effects, not completely, but does reduce side effects and actually are a lot more effective. Um, That doesn't mean the job is done for those cancers. There are a lot of people who need more treatment options, but um, yeah, certainly some leukemia types are are really fairly easy to treat at the the present time. Great stuff. Um, One question that just came into my head. Um, Is it it kind of um, hereditary? If you've got a case in the family, are you more likely to um, be more keen to get checked on a regular basis? I don't think there's an established link at, at, at the moment. Um, there's certain types of cancer where there appears to be a, a familial trend. Um, it, it's been shown in uh, one particular type of chronic leukemia. Um, but in terms of all the others, there, there's no clear link. No. Okay. And the, the people that you actually uh, help and look after, how many of those are, are under your wing? Oh, <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head, I'm afraid. I, I didn't look the number up, but we try and reach everyone as, as much as we can. I mean, we do a lot of work to, with haematologists who deliver the diagnosis to reach people as soon as they get diagnosed. So um, we do our best to reach everyone, but obviously there's always more work to be done on that. And I hope anybody who is subsequently diagnosed with leukemia is now aware of us. Um, hopefully it doesn't obviously affect anybody listening, but should anybody that be that unfortunate, um, please do use us we're here to support everybody right and um i'm absolutely thinking you're a registered charity you rely on uh, subscriptions donations that kind of thing mm-hmm. absolutely yes yeah. yeah we get no funding from the the government at all um and actually as part of our spotly chemo campaign we've got a number of fundraising um challenges ongoing um so we've put a step challenge in place where um throughout september you set yourself a challenge to do so many steps to raise money for for us and we've got a whole load of fundraising other fundraising um bits and bobs going on so if anybody's interested please do get in touch with us marvelous well i i can just give you a little personal i knew a very very good friend who um ran 10 marathons in 10 days for blood cancer um how he did it i never ever know but uh, we know that it's a charity that is supported in our neck of the woods here so uh, can you give me a a few details uh colette of how people either i a find out more or b uh have sort of got on board with this and would like to make a donation or a subscription to anything what's a good avenue to to find out more so i'd say our website's the best place to go we've got one a uh, web page where everything to do with spot leukemia is housed. 
Um, you can go there directly by going to www.botleukemia.org.uk and that will take you right to the webpage that tells you more about the campaign but also how to get involved if you want to and also covers fundraising. So right. that's the easiest way. But we also um, have a phone number 01905 755 977 and someone from the team would be more than happy to help. Charlotte, I can't write that fast. <laughs> do, do the phone number again for me. Of course. 01905 yeah. 755 977. 755 And that, that website again, did you say stop leukemia? Spot leukemia. S P O T. S P O. Oh, spot. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the right letters, but they're not in the wrong order. <laughs> the right <laughs> order. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, now then, we asked you uh, to come up with some tunes, and I have to say, yeah. um, the patients and the people that you look after, my goodness, have they got a varied musical taste. Because out of the... <laughs> Out of the six tunes that were offered, I could only find one of them. <laughs> um, and I have to say, some of the people I'd never even heard of as artists. So uh, yeah, apologies. I was thinking that when I sent them over. <laughs> so uh, just just um, to um, to sort of get over, gloss over the disappointment. Can you mention some of the people who uh, just the names of the people who did uh, try to? get their tunes played but failed miserably absolutely so one of the um key people for this year's campaign was um anthony who is our campaign officer's um dad actually who also has leukemia and he very kindly put some very obscure tunes forward for us um, <laughs> and there was also naomi who's been great in sharing her story for the campaign this year thank you for that thank you to naomi for that um, but i think the, the person you've chosen um is chris or Christine Fraser, who's a lovely lady who's been diagnosed with CLL, um, has been living with it since 2014. CLL is a chronic form of leukemia. Right. Um, and um, she's also doing a craft challenge for us for spot leukemia, where she's challenging people to make stuff that's spotty. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of that stuff when she gets there. Well, thank you, Christine, or Chris, Christine, because you've saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah, actually found <laughs> we found the Barbara Streisand track that uh, she's picked so uh, that's that saved the day um, yep. Charlotte it's been uh, marvellous to speak to you thank you so much for coming on and giving us the backstory and that fascinating fact of uh, uh, a large proportion of people over 65 now contribute to uh, uh, the sad uh, toll for leukemia and, and blood cancer. So we thank you so much for raising awareness on that. And uh, we'll give out the details uh, with regards to how you can get involved and how to contact you guys down there uh, at the end of the show. Uh, so I better get this lined up, haven't we? Uh, so thank you so much, Charlotte. And uh, we'll play out with um, Barbara Streisand. And don't rain on my parade. Catch you again. Thanks, Charlotte. Bye. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.